this past week, last week, we talked about uh, authority, the law of authority. It was so good. And just a quick review, we were talking about how uh, a spirit, so the spirit of God needed a body and, you know, to come here to the earth and to have authority here on the earth. And so God became flesh. So God became Jesus and Jesus came and took back the authority that Adam had given up. Adam gave up authority in the Garden of Eden and the enemy also needs a body. And so he uh, he came in the body of a snake and he deceived Eve, who then convinced Adam to give up his authority. And so that's when the exchange of authority happened. We, we talked about from Genesis how we have dominion. And now that Christ has taken back that authority and we have the authority of Christ and we have the power of the Holy Spirit, then now the enemy is under our feet. And so we talked about that. And that's so important as it pertains to healing because the enemy would want to convince us that God doesn't want us healed, that we can't be healed, that something is not working, all this. And I need to fix my screen here. Um, and so that's what we talked about last week. And that, I don't know about you, but it really empowered me. And it takes away the fear because a lot of times with healing, um, you, uh, you could have, you could have fear. You could have fear that it's going to come back. You can have fear that, uh, that something is going to happen to you, that you're going to catch something. I mean, fear is that, is that gateway that the enemy likes to use. And so that's what we talked about. All right. So today, what is the law of faith? The law of faith is extremely, extremely, extremely important in the area of healing. We are going to have a lot of we're going to look at a lot of stories in the book of Mark tonight. So get your pens and your papers. Also, the notes are also available on the app. You can go on there. But OK, so faith. Why is faith important? Faith is what pleases God. Uh, the healing power of God flows through faith. It flows through faith. And so Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 this is where I get this from. For by grace are ye saved through faith and not in that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So when we are experiencing the healing power of God that is given to us through through Christ, it is it is by our faith. It is our faith that gives us access to the healing power of God. And so the hard truth about that is healing is not personal. So it's not your goodness or your works that brings healing to you. It has, and when I say it's not personal, meaning it is available to anyone who believes. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and screen share my notes. Hold on. All right. Let me know if you can see that, please. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. So Ephesians 2, which is where I was just was Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, the healing power of God flows by grace through faith. And like I said, it's not personal. So it has nothing to do with how good you are, how, how, you know, you do this right, you do that right. It's not by works trying to get God to heal you. It has nothing to do with that. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, for by grace are you saved. And that word saved, I've said this several times, that word saved means sozo. 
sozo. And in sozo, there is so much. Healing is included in that. Provisions included. I mean, there's so much included in that. So by grace, are ye sozo? Are you, are you healed? You can put healed right there through faith. And it's not of ourselves. We can't boast about it. And that's a beautiful thing because a lot of people may feel like, well, I'm not worthy. I, I can't I can't go to God and believe God for healing because of how I've been living, because of what I did yesterday, because I'm not praying enough, because of all this stuff. That's a trap of the enemy. That will take you to the law. But we are now in grace. James 2 and 26, faith. So and I, I guess I should go there. But it says faith without works is dead. James 2, 26. So this faith that we have, it is a connector. It is it is something that re it connects to the healing power of God that's already available and it helps us receive. It's also the receiver. And I should have put that in the notes. So it's the connector and it's the receiver. And so there must be motion. So if I say I have faith, but there's no and the works that 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 they're talking about is not works of the flesh. Okay, so it's not about, well, if I say I have I have faith, then I need to go out and I need to do this and do that and do that and do that without direction of the Holy Spirit. And that's that connector, right? Because if you, uh, if the Holy Spirit, if God himself is saying, okay, I want you to apply for this job, then you do it because the Holy Spirit is telling you to do it. And the job is like, you know, it's $100,000 a year. It, it requires this type of degree and this type of level of experience and all that. But you know that you're called to it. You know that this is what I'm supposed to do. So you have this faith is stirring up in you. And the Lord says, go, you have a piece about it to go, but you don't go. Then your faith is dead. Because you did not do the responding work from that faith. And so in the area of healing, if you say, I know I'm healed, I know I'm healed, I receive my healing, and you know, you've you've been in your word and you've been coming to the, the healing class and you've been spending time and praying and, and really embracing this gift of healing that we've been given, and God tells you. Stop eating this or stop taking this medicine or, you know, whatever the instruction may be. And you well, and you don't do it. And I mean, I'm, I'm going back. I'm like, oh, that's flashback. Because like for me, it was I know I'm healed. I know I'm healed. I'm speaking healing. I'm declaring it every day. And I felt in my spirit that God was telling me, stop taking the supplement because I don't do medicine. That was a whole nother thing. Or he actually told me, don't do medicine. That's what he told me. He doesn't tell everybody to do that. But for me, and when he told me that, there was this fear of what's going to happen? What is my body going to do? And if I would not have done it, then my faith would not have been sufficient. My faith would have been dead because there was no action. And so we have to keep that in mind. So there's two types of faith. And this, this is just from my perspective, two types of faith. There's passive faith and there's active faith. Passive faith is is uh and let me scroll this down here passive faith is i believe but you know i'm used to this sickness you're tolerating it 
you know, well, I, this has been in my family for a long time, and this is just how it is. My mama had it. My daddy had it. My grandma had it. And so you're just really passive about it. You say you believe, but you're like, you're tolerating it. Or you're thinking that it's your sickness. This is, you know, my, my, I don't know, fibromyalgia, my neck pain, my headache, like just you labeling it. That's passive faith. But active faith says, I believe so. I'm going to resist this sickness. I refuse to allow this sickness to dominate my day. I refuse to allow this sickness to keep me bound and stop me from doing what God has called me to do. There has to be this tenacity. There has to be this relentlessness that I'm not going to settle for this. And you refuse to personalize it. This is not mine. I am not saying my headache. I'm going to say headache. I'm going to call you out. We, what, we talked about that two studies ago of how to pray. You speak to it. Jesus told us in Mark, Mark 11, you speak to that mountain. You speak to it and you tell it. You don't say that it's yours. It's not yours. It's not yours. And it is definitely not from God. But the hard truth about this is the world will help you tolerate sickness. And, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, you think about third world countries. They don't have access they're starting to get more access, actually, of medicine because we have missionaries and stuff that are going over and giving them medicine and doctors and all that. But for the longest time, they didn't have any of that. All they had was their faith. I remember when I went to Brazil and I'm looking at the conditions and I'm seeing I had to leave worship at this crusade that was out there. And I mean, the faith, it, it blew my, I was young. I was like early 20s and um, the faith, of these people was just like I've never seen such faith and and to see how they they're living in literally just walls that have no floors they got curtains as as ceilings and they come and they're worshiping God and they're believing God for their healing they're believing God for at for their provision they have this joy you know but in in our culture in this culture it's like and, and it's not, I'm not saying, hear my heart on this, y'all, okay? I'm not saying that it's not necessary, but there are so much that accommodates sickness now. Like any, if you have a sickness for anything, you know, they have, obviously there's wheelchairs, there's crutches, there's medicine, there's this, there's certain, you know, there's certain facilities and those things are a blessing. I'm not saying they're not, but if for someone who is passive, that can make you become comfortable in your sickness, you can be like, well, you know, I'm, I've, I've gotten used to it. It's like your standard gets lowered. It's like, thank God that we have those things. But according to the word, I should be walking victoriously. I should be walking without crutches. I should be able to run and be able to have breath in my lungs because this is the breath of God. Like as believers, we're supposed to have that standard. So there cannot be, and I'm setting you up because we about to we about to really look at this in the word. There cannot be a quit in you. And as we look at, we're going to look at tonight the woman with the issue of blood. We're going to look at some people who were pressing in to touch Jesus. We're going to look at the Syrophoenician woman. We're going to look at Brian Bartimaeus. You're going to see that, in my opinion, one of the biggest things that these people did and which is a part of the law of faith, they did not have a quit in them. We cannot have a quit in us. We have to get to the point that we hate sickness. 
Like we are not tolerating it. We are not going to let what Christ did for us uh, pass us, not pass us by because we already have it, but just lay inside of us dormant. We can't do that. We have to have this holy desperation of Christ. I mean, really, if you sit and you close your eyes and you think about what Jesus did for us on that cross, you, I mean, and, it, and the Bible says that he was beaten so much that it was unrecognizable. Like you couldn't even recognize him. He took that much beating for us because of love. And so that we can live in healing. And so there should be this, this uh, determination inside of us that says, I'm not going to quit. I know healing is mine. And if you got to go day after day after day, speaking to whatever your sickness is, declaring it, casting it to go, because I'm not going to lie. That's where I'm living right now. But what's incredible is I'm seeing it leave. Like I promise you. And I, at the beginning of this study, my husband and I gave the testimonies of things that we are seeing uh, even now. For instance, my mom, she woke up one day. My mother has had this ringing in her ear and she's on the line. I think she's the one that has the block with like no name on it. But mom, I got to help you out with that. But anyway, she um, she had this ringing in her ear for at least 10 years. It might have been longer. And mom, you can come off mute and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but it has been constant. It has been constant to the point that she was told that she's going to have to get a hearing aid. She would lay down at night and it would get louder. And I want to say, uh, what day was that? Saturday. She said she was sitting there and she realized for the first time, and I don't know how, in over 10 years or more, that the ringing was gone. And I'm like, I'm praise the Lord. Now that was Friday. It was my daughter's birthday. It was my daughter's birthday. And I'm like, praise God. And she was explaining how she has been speaking to it. She's been, and she's going to continue to speak to it. And sometimes we have to do that. Like 10 years, you think of, I'm skipping ahead. Are we about to talk about the woman with the issue of blood? Okay. We're almost there. I'm not going to skip ahead, but you can't quit. You have to keep speaking to it and when you speak to it and you notice that it's gone praise god for it and if if it tries to come back because it's gonna try your body is not used to being up under submission to the power of the holy spirit your body is natural it's flesh it's the thing that we can see so it naturally is going to want to do what it wants to do we have to train our bodies and we have to command our souls constantly to come up under the submission of the word of God, to do what we know God wants our body, how our bodies to behave. And so there has to be this quit. Okay, I prayed it did. If it left just even for an hour, praise God, because you do it again and it may not come back for another day. Praise God. You keep praising God. I think about the, the 10 versions and they all came to Jesus and he healed them, but only one came back and gave thanks. We have to continue to come back and give thanks and continue to speak to it because we know that the healing power is real. Um, let's go to John 9, John chapter 9, verse 1 through 11. Um, I want to say this. So this is a dangerous theology, and I wanted to spend some time with this because my mind goes there. I, it's like I see a truth, and then I'm like, but there might be somebody who's going to ask, 
well, what about this? So the dangerous theology is some people believe that God is getting glory from their sickness. And a lot of times they're taking it from this story. So this is, and Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth and his disciples asked him saying, master, who did sin, this man or his parents? And he was born, that he was born blind. Jesus answered, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God, and if you are, if you have your Bible, you can circle it or highlight that, but the works of God should be, should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground, made clay out of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay and said unto him, go wash in the pool of Shalom and Salome. And he went his way therefore and washed and came and seen. Now this is important and I'll show you why in a little bit, but that verse seven, he went his way, therefore he washed, he came and he seen. The neighbors therefore, and they which before had seen him that he was blind said, is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him, but he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, how were thine eyes open? And he answered and said, a man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and I washed and I received sight. So, with this, a lot of people think, okay, well, this is a story that shows that my sickness, they say my, my sickness is for the glory of God. Um, if you look at this story, first of all, that verse that we, that I told you underlined the works of God in John 6, 28 and 29, you don't have to go there, but I'm going to scroll over real quick because this is important. Kind of keep your finger there. But John 6 and 20, uh, John 6, 20, what did I say? 28 and 29. This is one of my favorite verses. Listen to this. They said, they said they unto him that they asked, so pretty much saying they asked Jesus, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? And so that verse just said, Jesus was saying he has to work the works of God. Here is saying, what shall we do that we should work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he sent. All right. So going back to John 9, if my phone wants to stop acting up here, going back to John 9. This is why I don't use my phone. I use my Bible. But anyway, so again, neither has this man sin or parents sin, but that the works of God. So that believing on him should be made manifest. That was what Jesus was saying, that I'm about to do something so that you all can believe that I am whom he sent. And for you to believe that is the works of God. But this was the thing. Verse uh, verse seven, he went his way, therefore, and watched and came seeing. That was a law of faith. This man. So it wasn't that, OK, he's blind. And he's blind so that God can get the glory and God's going to heal him and just go. This is a story of faith. This was a blind man, a blind man who once he got clay on his eyes, he had to go. He had to get washed. 
and he had to walk back. I mean, he had to like go find the place to walk. That took faith. He had to press through. I mean, imagine you're like somebody don't put clay on your eyes. And if you just sat there, most people be thinking this ain't gonna work. This is crazy. You just spat and you put clay over my eyes. A lot of people would start doubting this man allowed Jesus to did that and he got up and he went and he washed. That was faith with works. His faith was not dead. And because of that faith, it was the faith that got him to be free of this blindness. And that lesson is how God got glorified. The lesson of faith, believing on him whom he sent. Now, keep in mind, Jesus had not been to the cross yet, but as I was reading this, I'm like, this is so prophetic to where we are because he said, this man named Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes. We now are anointed because of the cross. We have the anointing now. And so we already have it in us and then go to the pool. So when the Holy Spirit is saying, don't take this medicine, stop eating this food. You don't need to spend any more money on these doctors. When he says that, are we going to go like this man? He actually went. And then the Holy Spirit, and then Jesus told him, wash. When the Holy Spirit says, stop drinking this water. That was for me because the water was making me sick. A bottle of water was making me sick. And the Holy Spirit told me, stop drinking this water. Or if he says, stop using this body washer, stop doing this. You, you might be thinking, this is so petty and this is so small and this makes no sense. Did it really make sense for Jesus to take clay, spit on it, and put it on a man's eyes? It didn't make sense. But look at the obedience in this man. He did what Jesus told him to do. He was anointed. Now, he was anointed outwardly because Jesus had been on the cross. We are anointed now because the Spirit is within us. But then when the Holy Spirit tells us to go, do we go? Do we do it? Do we believe in what Jesus has done. Do we believe in the one whom he sent? So the hard truth, God gets glory from our faith that produces manifestation. He doesn't get glory out of us being sick. If that was the case, then why in the world did Jesus go around healing everyone that he touched except for those who did not believe? If that was the case, then he would have said, you know, just keep, keep your sickness and Keep it a little bit longer so that God can get more glory. That's just not his character. That's not the character of God. Um, John 15 and 6. I'm just going to pick up my phone here. John 15 and 6. Uh, I want to show you this to make my point. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my word abide in you, ye shall ask whatever you will, it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So when we walk in healing, that's when we glorify God, not when we have sickness. Now, what I believe did happen in that story is that because of sin, this man was birth blind. And because God is not in the business of leaving us where we are, that glorified him. I do believe that, but I don't believe that God was happy that he was sick and that he was getting the glory for sickness. And that is really a, uh, 
That's a theology that I think has been very dangerous and has kept a lot of us bound. Jesus gave God glory when he healed, not when others suffered. He gave God glory. It pleased God when Jesus went around healing. Satan will bring oppression of your healing by guilt, by fear, lack of knowledge and grace. And we're going to see this with the woman of the issue of blood in a minute. But that's how he brings on opposition to us. He, he pretty much makes us, tries to make us suggest to make us feel guilty. I got sick because I didn't, you know, I wasn't nice to my neighbor or this or that. And he'll, he'll do that. He'll use guilt. Now, granted, holiness is what keeps the enemy from having inroad into your life. It's holiness. It's for you. It's to protect you from dealing with the enemy. But you already have everything you need. You already have your healing. So if the enemy tries to use it, he tries to guilt you to make you think you don't have healing. That's him trying to oppose your healing. He's trying to stop you from getting your healing. Fear, fear of that, you know, the, the whatever you pray for is going to come back. He uses that. And the lack of knowledge, meaning the lack of knowledge of grace. Grace is what made that healing available. So when the enemy tries to pull this, well, you didn't do this, you didn't pray enough, you didn't do that, you know, the accuser of the brethren, the father of lies, that understand that that's him. And I'm telling you all of this as we start to look at these stories of the law of faith, because you'll see some of this in there and it's for you to be aware. The key is you don't earn your healing. You take it, you take it. All right. All right. Here we go. Let's go to Mark 5 and 25. We are going to look at the stories uh, that show the law of faith. And I am so excited about this. Before we go there, Mark 5 and 25, you'll see on the notes. So I put express. So faith express, which means speaking. Faith activated, which means hearing. Faith motivated, which means pressing. And faith working, which means moving. All right. And faith activated comes from Roman 10, 17, where it says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. All right. Let me get my notes here because I have not been looking at them. And I'm terrible at that. All right. Mark 5 and 25. Let me go ahead and turn there. And this is the woman with the issue of blood and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. And she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt it in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee and saith thou who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, daughter, thy faith had made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. All right. So, 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 so good. The first thing I want you to see, 
faith activated. Like I said, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God from Romans 10 and 17. The first thing that she did, it says in verse 27, she heard of Jesus. And when she heard, and if you have a Bible, um, I want to show you, I don't know if you can see it on here. I'm going to try to get it close. But when you get to those, when you get to like the principle, the, the laws of faith, square it up if you have something so you can see, okay, there is a law right there. Faith comes by hearing. So every time you hear the word of God, you are, that's faith activated. Your faith is now activated. Her faith was activated. She had heard about Jesus. And then Galatians 5, 6, and I wanted to, I put this in the notes. Uh, let's see, I put this in the notes in the Amplified. I wanted to read it through the Amplified. For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but only faith activated and expressed and working through love. And I love the Amplified version of that. Verse 27, she pressed behind. It said, and when she had heard, so that was the first law of Jesus, she came and pressed behind. Now, why is this so important? And why is this faith motivated? The pressing, and this is what I was talking about earlier. When we are faced with uh, opposition of healing, things that are happening or timing, timing is probably, in my opinion, it's probably one of the biggest things you're going to have to press through because sometimes things happen immediately. Sometimes they take a long time. We don't know how long did it take for her to press through this crowd. And keep in mind, this woman, she was unclean. You can read in Leviticus to be unclean. It was like they stoned you. I mean, you could not be around if you were, if you touched anything, if you touch a water bottle, the water bottle is unclean and you unclean. You touch a chair, the chair is unclean and you unclean. I mean, it was a plague. And if you decided that you were going to come into a crowd and you were unclean, that was death. But she didn't care. Her faith was motivated. I mean, she's like, I got to get to Jesus. I got to press. I got to press behind him. Obviously, she you know, Jesus was ahead of her because it said that she pressed in the behind. How many people, and it says, it said here um, that they thronged him, meaning that they were pulling on Jesus. So they were in close proximity to Jesus. And this woman, desperate, she's like, okay, I heard of Jesus. So her faith is now activated. Now I'm motivated. I got to get to Jesus. I got to touch Jesus because I know Jesus has what I want. And we have no idea how long that journey was. Keep in mind, there were no cars. Yes, they did have camels, you know, but the journey was long. I mean, it was miles and miles that they had to walk. How long did she have to press through? How many people probably pushed her out the way? And she probably had to go on the ground and crawl because if people had saw her, she could have died but she pressed in. That is a law of faith. It's the pressing. You got to be motivated. And this is what I was saying at the beginning. You got to, you got to have that active determination that I'm going to get what's mine. And the woman of the issue of blood is such a great example of that because she pressed, she pressed through. And then faith expressed. Romans 4 and 7, speak those things as though they were. Uh, Proverbs 18 and 21, life and death is in the power of the tongue. This, we talked about this before already. This is absolutely a law of faith because you have to speak because life and death, right? Living or dying, your health, living or dying is in your tongue. 
she she represented this in verse 28 and she said if i may touch but his clothes i shall be made whole we have to speak like we already know we are healed if i continue to just abide what well, we just read that john 15 if i continue to abide in christ i will be made whole because that scripture said that if we remain or abide in him and he abided us whatever we ask will be given and god is glorified we have to speak that nothing else should come out of our mouth Nothing that opposes that should ever come out of our mouth. And if this woman for 12 long years and she was broke, she done spent all her money on these physicians and it said that it was making her worse. And if you see this passion, because I understand this story, my mother is very similar to this story. I haven't been going through stuff as long, you know, 12 years, that's a long time, but I do understand the exhaustion of going to doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor and they're like well we don't know what's wrong well i don't know why you got pain well you know it looks good to me and i'm like i don't gave you all this money and there's nothing why because this is an issue of faith it is a spiritual issue and so she spoke it so hearing the word faith activated faith motivated pressing faith expressed speaking and again galatians 5 activated and expressed and then faith working what does that look like that's faith that that moves faith without works is dead james 2 and 26 she moved verse 27 so it says she heard she came in the press behind him and she touched she reached out and touched him because she had already she already knew to herself see the thing about verse 28 it says that Jesus came, that she came in the press behind him. She touched her garment. But in verse 28, it says, and she said, if I may but touch his clothes, she knew in her mind already, if I just touch him, I know I'm going to be made whole. She already said that to herself. So if you say it, but you don't have an action behind it, then your faith is dead. So there's no point of continuing to say, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. And then you're not doing something that is showing that you know you healed. So faith working is that faith without works is dead. It's going to compel you. It's going to push you. It's going to charge you to do something that may make no sense whatsoever. Your whole family, your whole crew may be like, are you crazy? Girl, you better you better take that medicine. Are you, are you serious? What are you, what are you fasting for? You can't afford to fast. If the Lord tells you to do it, then you do it. And it don't matter what nobody else says because you are acting on your faith. So what happened? After she heard him, she pressed, she spoke, she touched him. What happened? Faith. Faith took a hold of that healing power. Faith did it. Faith did it. Let's continue on. That was so good. Because I can sit here and talk about her all day. Um, so verse 30. Jesus, now this was important. This is very interesting to me. Jesus asked who touched me, right? He asked who touched me is yes. Who touched my clothes? This goes back to the point I was making before. A lot of people think that that was a rhetorical question because it's like, he's God, you know, of course he knew, but keep in mind, Jesus was fully God and fully man, right? And so I 
and this is I don't I can't prove this, but I'm just gonna share with y'all because we family and I'm just telling you how I feel. I believe that that was actually a real question because he's fully God and fully man. And I think that he had so many people touching him that he didn't know exactly who it was. But how did he know that something had happened? Because the healing power of him, it says virtue flow, right? So in this, I wanted to pull this point out that healing is not personal. It's not a personal reward. It's available to all who believe. And for all these people that were touching him, it's like, oh, this is such a good point. <laughs> Sorry, just kind of hit me. All these people are touching him. Why was it that when she touched him, it made him say, who touched me? Because you can be saying, you can be touching God, but not have faith, right? I mean, you can say you have this relationship with God, you know God, but it's faith that pleases God. It's faith. This woman had faith and not only did she have it, but it was, it was, she had ignited the law of faith. And we'll look at that scripture in a little bit because Paul talks about that. There is, there's a law of works and there's a law of faith. And we talked about this several times when it is a law that God has established. And he says that he does not go against his word. Psalms 89, I think that's it. Or Psalms 86. Um, his word does not go void. Once he has established it out of his mouth, that's it. And this is a law, the law of faith. Once it's established, Jesus, I mean, he he's like, who touched me? Who touched me? And that's really important to understand that no matter how, you know, holy some people may look and you may feel like you at the, the lowest of the totem pole, you may not know all the scriptures. You may not know the addresses of the scriptures. You may not be called to lead the morning prayer or all that stuff, but that don't matter. That doesn't matter. It's faith that matters. Faith made Jesus say, whoa, I felt, whoa, I felt that. I felt that. And I put right here, she received before she was seen. Oh, that is so beautiful because her faith is what allowed her to be seen. It wasn't her. He didn't care that, that she was unclean. He didn't care that she was cast aside. He didn't care about any of that. None of that mattered. None of that matter because it the only thing that pleases God is faith. And that's what to me is a rep representation of the love of God because he loves us so much that he pretty much has even the playing field. Yeah, your mama could have been a pastor. Your daddy could have been a pastor or a deacon or all this stuff. You could have a whole bunch of money or you can be the poorest one on the street. None of that matters. We can all receive from Christ by grace through faith. Such a beautiful thing. And I put, and I wanted to put this, he felt faith first and I crossed out hers because, um, and, I, and I have this scripture here. Let me go to Romans 12 and three. This is the scripture. This is like the main scripture. One of the main scriptures for tonight. Um, for I say through, uh, wait, Romans 12 and three. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is, wait, I don't think that's the right, nope, sorry, Romans 3 and 27. I need to take that Romans 12 and 3 out. Romans 3 and 27. Um, here we go. Where is boasting then? Is it excluded by what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. So I crossed out her because Sometimes if we make it about our faith, that's really us boasting. 
And Paul is saying right here, it's not the law of works is where there's boasting, the law of faith. And so she felt, he felt, Christ felt her faith, felt the, it was her faith because we're stewards of it, but Christ felt faith. It was faith. And it's really his faith. And I don't want to skip ahead. So look at this. This was interesting. Verse 33. But the woman fearing and trembling, fearing and trembling, right? Knowing what was done in her came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Now, I don't know. I, I didn't do I didn't do a good job studying this particular verse. I do apologize. But the way that it was kind of the way it hit me was I wonder if this was the enemy trying to oppress her again. I wonder if, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I'm healed. I'm healed, right? I'm healed. I feel it because it says she felt it. It's like it dried up. She felt it. She knew it. And then Jesus is like, who touched me? And I wonder, so just indulge me for a moment. I wonder if this fear and trembling was a fear of, could it be a fear of reverence? It very well could have been. But for the point of tonight, what if it was the enemy trying to oppress her, like trying to discourage her at that moment? Because fear can make you passive. It can make, it can make you relent. It can make you turn away. And the reasons that she could have feared, I put unclean. She could have been thrown in prison. I should have put death because she could have been stoned. She could have been looked at as unpopular because of her condition, or she could have felt unworthy. Like I got healed and I didn't deserve that. You know, it's like her faith was moving her, but maybe reality sat in like, what just happened? I mean, 12 years and all of a sudden you dry up. I don't know about y'all, but I'll be like in shock. Like, oh my, oh my gosh. Like I would be on this high. <laughs> oh my Oh my goodness, I'll be telling the world, like, ah, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. And it's like, who touched me? Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, like, oh, Lord, oh, I didn't mean to do it. But despite the fear, she spoke all the truth. And I, it doesn't say what all the truth meant, but I can only imagine it's like, Jesus, listen, I, I've been bleeding for 12 years. And when I heard you, I knew that I had to get to you. I knew that if I would just touch you, I knew I would be made whole. And I was, it dried up. Like I just imagine her just pouring it all out to Jesus and not caring. She didn't give in to that fear and trembling, whether, you know, because I, 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 I believe that that was a fear, like a, a, a fear or just I'm, I'm scared, you know? She didn't give in to that. She did not give the enemy inroad. Why? Because despite of all that, she pushed past it and she told Jesus everything that he had done. And it's like, I wrote on here, I imagine her saying, I know what happened and I know who you are. I know what happened to me. It's like, you know, when you tell your testimony, like, I don't care what you say. I know what happened to me. I know what, what just happened in my body. And she knew who she and she knew who he was. And that's how we need to be. When we speak, when we declare, and if we see just a little bit, you know, I know that I know for me, I loved, I want the immediate complete healing. And Jesus is, is, I mean, that can happen. It has happened. You know, it has happened. But in some situations that we're going to see in a minute, some things don't happen immediately. But in that moment where you get just a glimpse of light, you know, when you get some light at the end of the tunnel, it's kind of like, Grab a hold of that and say, I know what just happened and I know who you are. And if the enemy tries to bring the, the headache back or to bring this back, 
I know I am healed and I and speak to that thing and command it to go. When she touched him, she was healed. Now think about this. And I wanted to show you this. When uh, it says verse 29 and straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt it in her body that she was healed. Right. So she touched him and she was healed. But when she received her healing, she was made whole. What do you mean when she received her healing? She she felt it and then she was faced with that opposition. But she's like, no, this is mine. She received it. She didn't give in to the enemy. She didn't let it go. She didn't give up on it. And she told Jesus everything. And it was then, right? Verse 34, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Now, this is so interesting to me. Jesus gave her what she spoke. You would think, well, she just wants to be healed. But why was it important that she be made whole? A, she said it, right? Her faith expressed. I know if I just touched him, I will be made whole. She said that out her mouth. Jesus gave her what she said, and that was important. It wasn't enough to just be healed. She needed wholeness. Why? Because she was unclean. She had a plague. She had a reputation. She had financial issues, all this stuff, and he made her whole whole oh that is so good it's like everything she needed wholeness in her mind because that was 12 years of just desperation and and being outcasted and i mean just can you imagine and then in her body we already talked about that in her soul the doubt the unbelief that she probably had to press through for 12 years got to the point obviously that it was getting worse and she's just like I mean, you really got to give it to her to go through all that for 12 years and for things to get worse. You would think that she would pretty much be at the place of I'm done. I'm giving up. I don't even care anymore. But she did it. This woman, she was like, nope. And she activated these laws of faith that got Jesus. I mean, the heal it touched the healing power of Jesus and pulled it out and gave it to her because of her faith. Oh, that is so good. All right. Let's go to Mark 6. So let's go one chapter over. So these, this is the story of people who heard and touched Jesus. Mark 6 and 54. All right. And it says, and when they were come out of the ship straightway, they, so that word they, if you read it in the NIV, it says, and the people, or, if it, or in the Amplified, it says, the people knew him, Right and ran through that whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard he was. And with and whithsoever he entered into the villages or cities or countries, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were, but the border of his garments. And as many Mm, that's good. And as many as touched him were made whole. All right. So let's look at let's look at the uh, the law of faith here. So again, faith was activated. Verse fifty four. It says um, those carrying the beds when where they heard he was. They heard about Jesus. Why were they so excited about Jesus? Because they heard. Faith comes by hearing. 
the more you hear about Jesus, the more they heard about Jesus, the more miracles they heard that he did. They're like, oh my gosh, we got to get to him. So their faith was activated. And and then, by the way, this is not in any order. I, I believe that it's not, it doesn't have to be you here and then you speak and then you do this or whatever. It's just, these are the laws of faith that we are going to see are in the same story. And the fact that they are different people and the same actions just solidifies it. Okay, so they heard about Jesus. They knew him. And how did they know him? By hearing. And then they were motivated. Their faith was motivated. Now, what's special about this is it says they ran through the region carrying beds. But so if it were, and, and again, and let me just double check, make sure I'm going to say this right. And ran through the whole region roundabout and began to carry about in beds those that were sick. So it wasn't the sick that was carrying their beds. It was other people carrying their beds. I'm like, it was other people's faith and their love, which even to me magnifies Galatians 5 and 6 here because only faith activated and expressed and working through love. So they pressed. There was maybe the people who were sick, maybe they, you know, we don't know. It doesn't say if they had the faith. It doesn't say that. It really talks about the people who had faith that these people can be made whole, that these people can be healed. So even if your faith is not at a level that you feel, you know, I'm like, you know, you feel like my faith is not motivated, get connected to some sisters or some brothers whose faith will help motivate you. Who cares about you? You think about those who, the paralyzed man where they lowered, uh, the, I mean, the yeah, the paralyzed man and his their friends, they had the faith that lowered him in the roof. So get around people who are going to motivate your faith, who are going to charge your faith, who are going to make you uh, make you feel, remind you that it's faith that pleases God. You can do this. You can do this. And I love that this story magnified that. And then faith expressed, verse 56. Uh, it says, and whensoever he entered into the village care and cities, countries, laid the sick in the streets and besought him. That word, that means they, they begged him. They opened their mouth and they expressed and pleaded to him. Please allow us to touch you. Please. We know if we can just touch you and we know if we can just touch. Well, that kind of shows right there. The sick also had, had faith, but I believe that it was a motivation of their people carrying them that helped them because they couldn't get there. Nobody carried them, but they pleaded with them. They opened their mouth and they said, if we can just touch the brim of your robe, we know that we could, that you could be made whole. And then faith was working. Verse 56 and they touched his robe. So it wasn't enough to just say, if I could just touch, if we can just touch him and just sit there and wait for the robe to touch you. No, you have to go out and you have to touch. And that's what they did. They touched his robe. And what happened? Faith took a hold of the healing power and all were made whole. Now, this was interesting. It doesn't say immediately. It doesn't say that. Verse 56, as many as touched him were made whole. We don't know if they were made whole immediately or not. And sometimes, because there have been times, a lot of times in the gospels, and you can read it, where it says, and immediately the demon came out, immediately healing flowed. It, like it says that. It didn't say that here. And I'm like, well, I wonder if that's intentional because there were so many people that were laid out in the street and it said that he went to different villages and cities and countries. We don't know if it was an immediate healing. But the fact is that 
they did this and they received their healing. That was a very small one that I want you to look at. Okay, let's go to the Syrophoenician woman. I know you've heard of her. Um, this is in Mark 7. So just go over one in verse 25. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him, came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it unto dogs. And she answered and said unto him, yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's bread. And he said to her, for this saying, go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out and her daughter laid upon the bed. All right, so at this point, you probably can see how, how the law of faith is in operation here. So verse 25, she heard about Jesus, right? It said she had a daughter on clean spirit and she heard about Jesus. So she got, she had to get to him. Faith working, she fell at his feet. She didn't just say, okay, I heard Jesus and I'm just gonna stand here. No, she got in a position of reverence. She fell at his feet and pleaded with him, please heal my daughter. And faith expressed, she spoke. She spoke up and pleaded with him despite being a Gentile. Now, why is this important? Um, this, what Jesus is talking about, he came for the children of Israel. He didn't come for the Gentiles. And he even told the disciples that you are only supposed to be with, the, um, to, to heal, to, to touch and to heal the Israelites, not the Gentiles. This woman, and this can go into faith motivated, she was determined. She didn't get offended. A lot of us would be like, he don't call me a dog. You know what I mean? Like that just would have like, ooh. You know, I don't know about y'all. Sometimes it's like, ooh, let me, ooh, let me get myself together. Hold on. You know, especially when you're someone of honor and reverence. You're like, I ain't going to, let me get myself. But this woman, mm -mm, she was determined. And I believe that her motivation was love for her daughter. I truly believe that she loved her daughter. And she's like, she said, yet, and that's what I loved. She said, verse 28, yes, Lord, yet, yet, the dogs under the table eat the children's bread. Oh, come on, somebody, come on. That's what I'm talking about. I love, I, I love this story. Let me calm down. I love this story because first, it's such a great story of how to not get offended. Your offense, I gotta go on the side note for a minute. Your offense can stop your healing. We get offended by every little thing. And, you know, don't call a person a dog these days. Oh, shoot. Y'all going to be fighting on T, whatever they call it, TMZ and all these other places. You're going to be on television talking about the same stuff went crazy because somebody done called you a dog. This woman, she could have, and actually there's a scripture. I don't, I didn't pull it, but there was a scripture where Jesus was preaching and they got offended and they couldn't because of their offense. They could not receive from him. This is a situation where this woman, you know, I guess, I don't know in whose rule, but she kind of in certain people's world had a right to be offended, but she chose not to be offended. And what happened? A, that did not give the enemy access. 
when you have an opportunity to be offended and you choose not to be offended, oh, you have won. You have won and she won. And not only was that, but she also kept her eyes on what she knew could happen. It's like, I know you can do it even for me. That's how I took what she was saying. Like, I know who you are and I know what you can do. And I know that I'm not qualified and I know I'm not worthy and I know I'm not an Israelite, but I know who you are. I know I'm not worthy, but I know who you are. I know that I may not be in that league, but I know who you are. And we have to have that determination. And when offense comes, don't you dare let that stop you from receiving what Christ has made available. And she did this so well. I, I Oh, my gosh. I just love it. And and if you've been a part of Soul Sister at any time, or I don't know if you know this, but our first topic was offense. And the reason why, and it was crazy because after we started teaching on that topic, I know in my personal life, I mean, people was getting offended left and right in my personal life. It just got, it was like, what in the world? But it, I believe it was a test for me. And thank God, thank God I passed. But I believe the reason why we started with the, the, uh, the topic of offense is because if you are not aware of how dangerous offense can be, then you are going to fall into its traps every time. And offense leads you to bitterness. And the root of it is pride. And who controls that is the devil. And it will stop you. It won't stop. You already have the healing. It'll stop your faith. It'll stop your faith from being able to receive it. Because you're so hard. Your heart has to be soft. You have to have a pliable heart because what does it say? Faith takes a hold. So the faith inside of you is like, and I've, I've shared this before, everything you need is in your spirit. Everything you need. It's our souls that need to be renewed and right. And it's renewed by the word of God. But in our spirits, we have healing, prosperity, deliverance, love, joy, peace, all of that. If you have a hard time loving, it's already in you. Stop saying, I don't know how to love and I'm not lovable. That ain't true. You got all that in you, right? But what happens is faith connects with your spirit and it pulls it, if you want to give a visual, it pulls it through your soul and it manifests through your body. But what happens if your soul is so hard? You, you have such a hard heart. What hardens your heart? Offense. Offense will harden your heart to where you cannot receive. It just, you know, the, the, the healing power is like, it's trying to come out. Faith, you know, it's, it's trying to come out. But your heart is so hard. And this woman, she was like, okay, I hear you. I hear you. I, yeah, I'm a dog. I'm a dog. I'm, I'm not worthy. But yet... The dogs under the table eat the crumbs. And that faith? Oh, I mean, Jesus, he, what? I actually have this. I'm sorry. Let me, let me turn over to my note. Oh, actually, I didn't put it in here. I have it in my other notes. Jesus, he could not tell her no. He could not tell her no. Why? Because she was activating her faith. She was operating in the law of faith. And what did we say? The law of faith is established by God and you, you can't go against your word. So it didn't even matter at that moment that she was a Gentile, just like it didn't matter that the woman with the issue of blood was unclean. It didn't matter. It didn't even tell these people that were in the street. We don't know if they were Gentiles. We don't know if they had uh, 
uh, what's that? The plague that they had where you had all those breakouts and all that stuff. We didn't know. I can't think of it right now, but we, we don't know. Cause it don't matter. Leprosy. It, it didn't, it didn't matter. Were you about to say something, Jeff? It's, it's leprosy. I can't hear you, honey. Your, your mic is extremely low. Lep. Oh, sorry. It's uh leprosy. Leprosy. Thank leprosy. you. We thank you. Thank you so much. You're such a supportive husband. Thank you. But yeah, so we didn't, we didn't know. And, and it, and I love that it doesn't tell us because right here, it did not matter that she was a Gentile. What mattered was was the faith that she had. That's what mattered. Okay, blind Bartimaeus. I have been so excited to get to this one because there is so much in here. Let's go over to Mark 10. I remember when I was, uh, I, I took a whole month with studying the book of Mark and I started seeing, I had heard, I had heard some teaching on the law of faith. So I didn't make this up. Okay. I had heard some teaching on the law of faith. Um, and it really, you know, it really compelled me because at this time when I was listening to this teaching, I was still dealing with stuff and it was just, it was overwhelming, honestly, in my, in my health. And I'm like, I got to grab a hold of this spiritual truth. And what was so cool is that as I was reading through Mark, I started, it was like the Holy Spirit was magnifying. Like when I heard the teaching of, of the, uh, the law of faith, I didn't, they might've talked about it, but I, I remember hearing the woman of issue of blood, but that was like it. But as I was reading through, I promise you, it was like the Holy Spirit was like magnifying these principles. And I started like, I grabbed my, my pink pen. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I kind of went back and I'm comparing these stories and I'm like, oh, this is so good. So I have been like sitting on this since we started the healing class and I've been so excited to share this. So this is why my energy is like super high tonight. Okay, so blind Bartimaeus, 46, 10, 10 and 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. And many heard him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thy son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. Circle that. We're going to come back to that. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, what that what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? Pretty much saying, what, what do you want me to do? The blind man said unto him, Lord, I that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Okay, so I have a few things I want to I want to pull from this. And let me get my notes out for this one. Um First, let's let's look at the law of faith. Faith activated. So again, verse 47. And when he heard, so he heard, faith comes by hearing. So his faith was activated. He spoke, he cried out in faith, right? He began to cry out, saying, Jesus, thy son, have son of David, have mercy on me. So he knew Jesus, he believed in Jesus, and he spoke and cried out in faith. And then uh faith motivated. He was told to be quiet. 
but he cried out the more. He was motivated. He knew who Jesus was. He didn't care about people telling him to be quiet. He was not going to hold his peace. He was going to get what he knew he could have, which is what we have to have. And faith working. He cast away his garments. He rose and he came to Jesus. Verse 50. All right. So we see all this. And obviously we know the faith took a hold of the healing power. But what I want us to look at is verse 49. Verse 49. And Jesus stood still. Why did he stood? Why did he stand still? He stood still because he felt faith. Faith pleased him. We know that faith pleases God. We know that the Bible has said, and we, we read in the study that Jesus is God made flesh, that Jesus only did what the Father wanted him to do. He only said what the Father wanted him to say. So if we know that faith pleases God, we know that Jesus was pleased by faith. He has actually said several times that he was marveled by people's faith. So he felt faith and faith pleased him and the healing power took a hold of, took a hold by faith in him to where he stood still. He stood still. I thought that was so interesting because if you are pleased by something, it's kind of like, imagine that you're in like an art, art gallery. I haven't been to art gallery in a long time. Okay, let's make it more realistic. Let's imagine we're at the mall. We're at Macy's, right? And we go past the shoes and we see a pair of shoes or purse, one or the other. We see them and we're we're like, ooh, like we stop. Oh my gosh, look at those shoes. Look at that purse. And that's what I believe what happened. Jesus stood still and he commanded him, come, come to me, right? That's what our faith does. It's like when 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 we are walking in faith, when we are motivated by faith, when we are expressing our faith, when our faith is active, it's like God's like, oh, that pleases me. I like that. It gets his attention. <laughs> it gets his attention. And so it says, and Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man saying unto him, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And the fact that he was blind and they're telling this blind man to come to Jesus. I mean, that's interesting even in itself because it's like, why didn't Jesus go to him? Because there was an act of faith that had, and we talked, I think we, we just, I, I kind of mentioned that, but that was that, that was that pressing. Well, that was pressing, but that was also him moving. He casted his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. But remember he's blind, so he can't see. He cannot see, but what did he do? He moved in faith, obedience, faith without works is dead. And sometimes God is calling us to make moves in a dark place. We have no idea what in the world is on the other side of this moving. We have no idea, you know, if we're going to make it, if we're going to fail, if we don't know. But if this blind man can be called by Jesus and he gets up, he can't see. He can't see, but he throws off his garment. He rises up and he goes. And that pleases God. That is faith working. And so with our healing, I'm saying it over and over again, because this is going to come. There is going to come a point where the Holy Spirit is going to tell you 
to get up and do something. And you're going to have to throw off your old ways. You're going to have to throw off your old thinking. You're going to have to throw off some old relationships. You're going to have to throw it all off. And you're going to have to rise up in a, in a place that may seem scary, that may not make sense. You have no idea what the outcome is going to be, but you do it because that's your faith working. That is faith, that genuine faith that is working. And that pleases God. Oh, so good. And then look at this. Jesus had um, has a question that gave Barnabas the opportunity to do what we had studied in Mark, uh, Mark 11, 23, which is just the next chapter over. And he, this is verse 51. Jesus answered and said unto him, what will thou that I should do unto you? So he's pretty much saying, I want you to tell me what you want, right? Mark 23, Mark 11, 23, I'll read it real quick. This is where we had our study about how to pray, right? And it's the fig tree. Jesus says, verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. That's really not the part, but I'm, I'm reading it just for, you know, memory's sake. Be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart. This is what I want us to pay attention to, but shall believe that those things which he said, Jesus asked him, what do he wanted to hear out of his mouth? What do you want me to do for you? I want you to tell me what you want me to do. And remember, when we did the study on how to pray for healing, this was the this was the main topic of the evening. You should not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. You shall have whatever you say. Verse 24. Therefore, I say unto you, what things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. So when Jesus asked Bon Bartimaeus, what do you want from me? He was really giving Bartimaeus an opportunity to, to speak what he wanted and the opportunity to believe that he had already received what he was asking for. And that is so good. So believe what you say shall come to pass. You got to believe it because he said it. He said, the blind man said unto the Lord that I might receive my sight. I want to receive my sight. And he received it. So what you desire when you pray, believe that you have received. And I, I put A in A, A, B, D, sorry. And, and you shall have them. You shall have them. So what happened here? Faith connected and took a hold of his healing. He had it. He believed he received it and he received it. He received it. That's the lesson. And I love that Jesus gave him because it's like, I mean, Jesus obviously knew he wanted to be, he, you know, he wanted to be healed. Obviously, Jesus knew that he was blind, but Jesus needed him to speak in faith, needed him to see that you can receive whatever you ask for when you believe. And I believe that that is such a lesson for us, that there are times that, you know, I do. And I've, I've talked about this when we talk about prayer. God already knows what you need. He already knows what you need. We don't need to spend what we, we spend 90 minutes in praise. I mean, 90 minutes, 90% in praise, 10% commanding, right? But at first, it's okay to know that when you are in, in, in what Jesus is saying in Mark 11, he actually says, when you speak to the mountain, that's you praying. That's that 10%. And when you speak to it, 
I know in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I command you whatever it is to go. And then you say, and God, I thank you for it. So when you are thanking him, you already know in that moment that you have received it. That's what Jesus was showing in this situation. So he was in a position to receive verse 51. And I actually put this on here. He said that I might receive my healing. The blind man was already in a position. He had already made up in his mind. I'm going to receive my healing. He was already in a position. And so faith made him whole. And then it also says, and follow Jesus in the way. So he followed Jesus. This is how we should live. This is how we should live. We walk by faith, not by sight. And this is a situation literally where this man was blind, but he was walking by faith. Oh, that is so good. All right. So those are some of the stories I wanted to pull out from the Bible. Um, but I have some things that we need to remember before we go. Some of the things that we can take away from tonight. The first one, when you work faith, faith will work for you. How? How is that happening? Because when faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, you have to have faith. And when you hear about Jesus, as you read about Jesus, as you read about the character of God, your faith gets activated and you believe, you start to believe the things that you're reading. It's no longer just a book. You can't read the Bible like it's a book. You have to believe this word. You have to believe that everything in this word is God breathed, that it is life. And so when you work, I underline the word work because that word we saw in John 6, that is believing, believing in Jesus. So when you believe, when you work, when you work your belief, when you have faith in who Jesus is, faith will work for you. And we just saw it. Faith took a hold of the healing power of Jesus. Now, they were, it was before the cross. We are after the cross. So it takes a hold of the healing power that's inside of us, that Christ has given us. That's what it does. So it works for you. Isn't that a beautiful thing? So our job is to work the laws of faith, not work the laws of works. That is key. And most of the time, working the law of works is really in your mind. It's the thoughts that you have that, you know, I have to earn. And once you think that way, then you start doing things that, you know, and I don't know about you. I, I tried. I, I haven't I haven't thought like, this. well, sometimes I catch myself trying to like slip back into that. But, you know, it's kind of like, well, is this happening because I didn't do that's the laws of works, you know, or maybe if maybe God wants me to do this so then I can receive my healing. That's the law of works. So our job is to work the laws of faith. And I'll show you in a minute what that looks like for us now. But we don't work the laws of work. And it's so important to keep this uh, perspective of that. Am I, am, I, am I in works right now? Is that, is that thought in works? Or am I really resting in grace? And really, really the works of faith is resting in the finished works of Christ. It really is. Paul asked, uh, Romans 3.27, we already read that. But I wanted to emphasize, we cannot boast. This is so important. We cannot boast 
when we are working the law of faith. We cannot boast. Paul asked, by what law? So the two laws, the law of works and the law of faith, right? He said, by what law is boasting excluded? Meaning, what law moved the boasting? Because back in the day, you know, well, before Christ, they boasted. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, they boasted about how holy I am and how righteous I am and how I pray for 16 hours and I, you know, I fast every two days and all this other stuff, you know, that was self-righteousness, right? And Paul's like, so what, by what law is that no longer necessary? Is that, is that, ex that's excluded? It's by the law of faith. Boasting equals the law of work, self. But faith, you cannot boast if you are in faith. Genuine faith produces humility. Why? Because you know it's not you taking a hold of the healing power. You know it's not you. And so if you know it's not you, right? It's, and what did I put? Um, you know it's not you taking a hold, but it's faith taking a hold of the healing. And grace is what made the healing available through Christ. Ain't nowhere in there, say us. Ain't got nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with Christ. All, all of it, every bit of it. So if you find yourself, you know, saying, well, well you know, my faith or this and that, that is a great, uh, let that be like a ding, ding, ding. Hold on, let me, let me change what I'm saying because it's not about me, okay? So faith takes a hold of it. Grace is what makes us available. So it's not our faith. We are just stewards of it. I have a scripture, one of my favorite scriptures, Galatians 2.20 is going to show you what I'm talking about. Because I know you may be wondering, well, didn't it say, Jesus said, your faith has made you whole and so on and so forth. We are after the cross now, okay? And Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. Listen, I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live by the faith of the son of God, not the faith of me, not the faith of I, the faith of the son of God. It is his faith. We live by his faith. We are healed by his faith. We are just stewards of it. He has all given us a measure of faith and that measure of faith, what do we do with it? Do we build it? Do we work it? Or do we just sit on it? But when we see it working, do we say, oh, look at my faith. No, no, because it ain't mine. It ain't mine. I'm just stewarding it. I'm, it's given to me as a gift because this faith that is the faith of the son of God is, is what pleases God. So I'm going to steward it. And I'm going to work it like a muscle. I'm going to build. I'm going to learn how to activate it and express it and be motivated by it and move on it. I'm going to steward it. And it's going to, it's going to take a hold. I keep going this way, but really it's this way. It's going to take a hold of everything that's available to me. Oh, hear my heart on that. Because that is really, really, really important. And I love how Paul asked that question. Genuine faith produces humility. It really does. And when you know that you are a steward of something, what does that mean? You manage it. 
You manage it. Jesus gave all of us a measure of faith and we just manage it. Now, why are some uh, receiving more than others? It's not because, you know, you're worse or whatever. Some people have learned how to work their faith. They learn how to work it. And that's it. Okay. Uh, let's, let's go. Last page here. Other things to remember. Faith does the work. Faith produces the work. Faith does it. It's through faith. So it connects and it's, it's also the receiver. So what's our part? Now, this is important. Our part. So we talked about faith activated. That's hearing. I'm reading the word of God. That's my part. Faith expressed. I'm speaking the word of God. Faith motivated. I'm standing on the word of God. Faith working. I'm obeying the word of God. And I love that. I, I would have taken more time and go deeper into that one because the obedience. Well, let me just keep reading because I'm actually going to talk about it. So I receive and I'll see my healing when I read the word of God, speak the word of God, stand on the word of God and obey the word of God. And we don't now. This is so important. We don't do this to move God. We don't do this to move God. So you're not you're not reading the word of God to to move God to make God see how holy you are and to show Him that you're worthy to receive healing. That is no no. And we're not speaking the word of God so that we can sound so spiritual and let God know that I know exactly where this scripture is in that scripture. We're not doing that for him. We surely are not doing it for people. We're standing on the word of God, not to move God, not to show God how dedicated we are. All this is for us. Obeying the word, that's for us. We, do, we don't do this to move God, but we do this to allow faith to move and grab a hold of what Christ has already made available. And that pleases God. That pleases God. And I put here, I was just thinking like in the natural, you know, we are, we are, we got pride, right? In the natural, just in culture, we have pride. We're self-motivated. We're self-dependent. We are about earning our own money, you know, doing our own hard work and not trying to live off of our parents and all that stuff. Not trying to live off of, Another person is trying to have hours like that's that's the whole I think about my kid. Oh, my gosh, Josiah. He's always like I can't. I mean, he's 11 and he's like, I can't wait till I can get a job and and go buy my own car. And I'm like, you trying to move out already? He's like, no, I didn't say he's going to move out. <laughs> oh, so he's going to stay here. And OK, but, you know, it just this mindset he has of like, I'm ready to get my own. I'm ready to do my own. And, you know, in the natural, that's commendable. I don't want my, my baby boy leeching off of me forever. I don't. But it's totally opposite in, in the spiritual. It's totally opposite. In the spirit, it's like we need to take advantage. It's, God is like, I, I sent my son to provide all of this for you. I want you to take advantage of it. He wants us to take advantage of it. He wants us to live off of these blessings. And Ephesians 1 and 3 is a good, uh, it's the last scripture here. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world 
that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us into the adoption of children, so he wants us as his children to live in these blessings that he's made available by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. It's his will. It's his will. It's his desire. He wants us. He's like, please, you know, leech off of me, I guess, if you want to put it in that way. He's like, take advantage of me. Take advantage of what I made available to you. Not advantage in a bad way, but like appreciate. That probably is probably the better word. Appreciate what I have done. Take, take, you know, take advantage of it, you know, live, live on it. Let it, let, but see, and sometimes we, you know, as believers, because we're separated in kingdoms here, this is not our home. We got to sometimes remind ourselves that God has made this available to me and I'm going to live off of it. 